We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. We, as always, we are brought to you by Dynasty Owner. Uh, thank you for your sponsorship. Liss, uh, today was the first day of pad, padded practice at the NFL, which meant we had a lot of injury news. Actually, you know, for me, for someone like me who was complaining about lack of news, this was kind of opening up the floodgates a little bit. Yeah, so now in baseball, it wasn't just COVID. Like, COVID had a obviously in effect, there were guys who opted out and some guys who missed time with it. But the far bigger effect seems to be that they didn't ramp up with the proper spring training. And there are so many injuries in baseball. Yep. And now we got football with a different kind of training camp than normal. No games, not the games necessarily help, but not a normal off season. And I wonder if we're going to see so many injuries. I mean, we got all these injuries in the last couple of days and this is just practice. When all the regular season starts and these guys are, you know, they've been off, they haven't been able to practice as a team and who knows what everyone having different workouts and not necessarily being able to simulate, you know, game speed. I could, I could see this NFL being total shit show in terms of injuries. Like it always is, but it could be sort of the, you know, a different level of, of people just not being 
ready for a very, you know, the obviously very violent sport. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that could happen. Uh, you know, we I read, you know, Scott and I were talking about uh, Walker Bueller last, last night on the uh, baseball podcast. Apparently he did nothing for three months. Uh, it was Walker Bueller's three months off. You know, there's a bad, Real very bad sequel. Real man doesn't lift a finger. If yeah. sports are off. And so he's way behind. Hasn't gone five innings yet. You know, here we are in week four of the season. You know, anytime now, Walker, be, be nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, that same thing could happen with football. No, no mandatory mini camps, no OTAs, you know, you're kind of like required to be on your own. Sure. You got all these zoom calls. They can try to monitor you, but, uh, NFL, I mean, it, it could be really ugly. Cause I mean, you go from zero to a hundred real fast. Uh, so maybe that's it. Or maybe it's just that, Hey, <laughs> they were nursing some of this stuff all along and it kind of comes out too. That's also possible. Uh, news that, well, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a known thing, like a studied thing that the, the, one of the biggest motivators for working out and keeping a routine going is having peers doing it with you. Right. It's much harder to say, commit to doing X every day by yourself than it is if you have a couple of friends or somebody who's working out with you, like, okay, I'm seeing them suffer and get up even though they don't feel like it. Okay, I'll do it. And, you know, with the isolation people had, you know, on average, I would assume they would do less. I would assume that it would be harder. I mean, now it doesn't mean they couldn't get together and outdoors and go for a workout, but I'm sure a lot of them didn't have as much access to their teammates as they, they would have. Yeah, it's kind of like also people work harder when they know they're being watched, too. And if you're 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 doing it by yourself in isolation and you don't have the coaches watching you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I could easily see that being a big problem. Especially when it's like just torturous workouts. You know, right. It's not like you're it's like I'll play hard in basketball if no one's watching. Well, when I used to play basketball. But if I was just like you know, doing some torturous workout and, and you're on your own at a certain point, you just, you know, probably won't work out quite as hard. Yeah, I think that's for sure true. Uh, so we may see a lot of that going up here. All right, uh, news item. Start off the top. Nick Chubb exited uh, Monday's practice with a possible concussion. This was on the receiving end of a hard tackle by uh, teammate Mac Wilson. First time he got hit, you know, and, or maybe it wasn't the first time he got hit, but he got hit uh, after catching a short pass, uh, hit him in the shoulder area, walked off the field with a trainer by his side, didn't return to practice. This was their first padded practice uh, of training camp. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see whether he has to get under the uh, concussion protocol uh, and how serious it really is. But we were talking, early, you know, you and I were talking off air earlier that uh, you originally had him at seven. You had him higher than probably the pack. Moves him down to what do you move him down to now? I've got him at twelve, but I'm going to move him to eleven. I'm, I'm, you know, it's a fluid thing where I move a guy up. Every, you know, if it's just a possible concussion, I feel like that's. You know, that's not that bad. I moved him to 10 ahead of Aaron Jones. Now I may move him back down, but I'm just like it, a concussion to me while he, where he walks off, looks normal walking out the field as was reported. Doesn't, you know, he's not unconscious on the ground for 10 minutes or something. Stefania bell rule. You know, it doesn't matter how long you're unconscious for. Um, if you're not unconscious in my, my book being the expert on concussions, I don't think it's as serious. And, um, I, I talked about this on the XM show. I think football players are just more uh, concussion proof. Obviously they can't have take an infinite number of them, but they're more, they're less concussion sensitive than say a baseball player, or the average person who doesn't have to get a whole bunch of them to make it to the pros. So I, you know, it makes him a risk for a further concussion, 
because two is obviously puts you in dangerous territory. But if it's just, if it's just a concussion that resolves in a week, I'm not going to downgrade him significantly. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, this, this goes in kind of conjunction interesting with the note, uh, that, uh, you know, you know, they know at an Eagles camp too, that, uh, they, they want Miles Sanders to get, he is the man now dog. He's going to be the main guy. He wants to get him lots of touches and well, duh. I mean, they only have Boston Scott behind him. I mean, they don't really have much of anything else, but it just kind of confirms. I think I, I, it, there might be some, you know, helium, but the helium already kind of set in with Sanders. This was a guy that was going mid to late second round at the very beginning of draft season back in, you know, in best ball season, now, you know, he, he's regularly mid to late first round. You don't almost, almost never see him after the you know, ninth or 10th pick. Yeah, he's good. He's in a good offense. He catches a lot of passes for PPR. So he's, he's in a good spot. I, I don't think it's clear what they, when they say he's going to be the man, like what that means, right? Like, does it mean 220 carries 55 catches? Okay, great. That probably shouldn't be mid first round. Um, but if he gets 250, 260 carries 55 catches, well, now you're talking about top five, you know, now you're talking about a top five ish pick. So we're, we can't be clear on that because the, the Eagles always have committees and nobody gets a hundred percent of the carries besides Christian McCaffrey and, and the touches. So, um, we don't, we just have to see what the backup situation looks like. If, if it's like, you know, the, the true feature backs are close to 300 and close to 55, 60 carry catches. Um, I don't, I wouldn't expect that. I would say more like 230 at most, 240. But we'll see. We'll see what they give them. Yeah, so, uh, and exactly. And we'll see also, uh, you know, what the effect of, of adding all these receivers does. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, a full season of Carson Wentz. He was hurt a lot last year. I don't, you know, we might not see that. He might get hurt again, for all we know, too. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of wonder, too, like with the uh, Eagles, like, you know, they, they had a very interesting draft. They got Jalen Rieger, who a lot of people like. He's getting pushed up a little bit there. But then they, they did a couple of things a little bit off, a little different than most people. You know, Wentz is, you know, pretty firmly ensconced. And yet they went and got uh, Jalen Hurts in this draft and got him a little early. He's like one of the only backups out there where you can see, yeah, he's got a ton of upside if he gets to play. And man, we got to figure out a way to get him on the field because he's got all that uh, wild athleticism. Uh, maybe they're going to, there'll be some creative ways to get him on the ball, on the field too. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't use the Taysom Hill player, you know, the gadget right. guy, but, but um, it affects everybody else. Yeah. I don't think it'll affect that. Uh, maybe, I mean, it could take away, but I don't, I, I still don't have Sanders scoring like 10, you know, 10, 11 rushing touchdowns. So somebody's going to steal it, whether it's, Hurts or whoever else, but I mean, Hurts is like he had like Lamar Jackson like college numbers. I mean, he had ridiculous college numbers. And yeah, if I'm in a keeper league and the running backs are gone and the, like the top five or six receivers are gone or seven, and instead of taking like a lesser running back, I might just take Hurts and be like, this is like a, a league winner if he Wentz has not been the most durable quarterback. Right. I, I think I. I lo- I I took I think I threw a late round dart on him in the uh, flex best ball league where you know okay if it works out it's great and you know it's like we had uh, twenty six rounds too it's like well okay sure why not if it 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 could very well be a league winner he might not ever play it down we'll see well he had 
he had 32 touchdown passes and eight picks last year in college, 11.3 YPA. And then he had 1,298 rushing yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. I mean, that, that is 5.6 yards per carry, 233 carries and 340 passing attempts. And he had 52 combined touchdowns in 14 games, 32 passing, 20 rushing. Yeah. You know, it's amazing seeing like Hertz, uh, you know, he was once at Bama, then Oklahoma, Oklahoma once had him, then they you know, you know had him, but then they also had Kyler Murray before that they had Baker Mayfield, you know, certain schools are just kind of stockpiling these guys. But I mean, it's Oklahoma, right? This is not like some minor division college football, right? This is like, no, no, I know that my point serious, is serious. Yeah. But it's, this is, it, but we're talking one year after the other. Kyler Murray was the first yeah. overall pick last year. And then, oh, okay, we'll just have Hurts transfer in and have him pile up monster numbers. Alabama had Hurts like, eh, it's not working out. Let's just put in Tua. Oh, yeah. Tua's, right. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. But, like, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a college football guy, but it looks like those stats are pretty good. Like, oh, yeah, they're like, great. Now, the Big 12 kind of sucks defensively, uh, some of the teams that they face, but I don't know. It was good enough still to get, you know, the NFL still, you know, looked past that and, you know, took Mayfield well, and Murray one overall, number one overall back to back years. So clearly they think that there's something there to it. And I'm sure Lamar Jackson's success probably made teams be like, well, maybe this hybrid quarterback's the future, you know, guy who's your running back and your quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, right. I don't know. I would, I would for this year, you know, you would definitely need a Wentz injury. He's not going to d- displace Wentz, but man, like, it's just that's you know there's just upside only like you know a couple of players in the league have that kind of upside. That's right. That's true. All right. Uh, let's a uh, quick note here uh, from from our sponsor Dynasty Owner. If you've been looking for a new challenge, consider playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries. Adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise, Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. If you're like me and you know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owners favor skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. Uh, of particular note in Dynasty Leagues, uh, second-year tight end TJ Hawkinson had some news. He's not quite 100% yet from the, the ankle surgery that he had dealt with last year. Not His surgically repaired ankle isn't quite back to 100% strength. Said the same thing in June. Uh He's resumed running routes, but doesn't quite have the pre-injury explosiveness next. He's kind of a guy I like a lot, Chris, and I've been getting it when I wait on tight ends. Has this changed your ranking of him at all? Yeah, I dropped him from 10 to 16. I mean, I still take him because he's a a top 10 pick tight end, second year, could easily break out, drafted to be a star tight end, big part of the passing game. But now I just want him at a little bit of a discount. I want him you know, behind the Hayden Hurst and Tyler Higbee's and Gusecki's John Smith's. I'm not going to pick him out of those guys. I'm only going to take him if he slips to me. And, 
Yeah, I'm gonna need a discount. It might be nothing. It might just be. And you know, obviously, it's, he had surgery. He's working through it. He didn't have a setback. It's not like anything happened. It's just mentioning that he's not 100. Uh, percent You know, so that's all right. You know, it's all right not to be 100. percent But it just reminds me. Okay, he's this isn't second year super. You know, star pro, prospect tight end at full strength. And so I'm gonna downgrade him in that case. Yeah, I I think you should, uh, and I I would too. Yeah, just I like Asiki a lot anyhow. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, I think that he's one of those guys that you look at uh, you know, all the wide receivers that have opted out for the Dolphins. That their their tree's a little narrow already to begin with. I, I'm kind of on him. I, I think that you got a coordinator too, and uh, that will in uh, Chan, Chan Gailey that could you know I think maximize his talent. So I'm a little bit more you know excited about using him. So I would take I would now take Gasicki over Hawkinson, even though I had a, the opposite earlier. Yep, that's what I did too. I moved him. All right, uh, another one I want to talk about uh, was uh, another injury, and this shouldn't be a shock. AJ Green dealt with a hamstring injury. Described as precautionary by Coach Zach Taylor, his app is depart early exit. Uh, this left hamstring didn't go to the locker room until like, you know didn't go early. He eventually got there, uh, but it, he he tweaked his hamstring and was told to stop taking reps afterward to play it safe. That's great, but mm, I don't know, Chris. Uh, you know, you were you were kind of you were never going to be getting him at least where he was going anyhow. You might uh, I, I might be there with you now. I just it doesn't take much to kind of like swear me off of him. Yeah, and if, if if a little tweak is enough to like worry you so much, it's like you probably shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. You probably shouldn't have been on him to begin with. And it's just you know when a guy comes back, AJ Green has been in the Bengals since what 2011. He's one of the best players ever to play for the franchise, and he knows everybody there. And he's a you know he's a senior person in the organization at this point. And when he comes back after a year and a half, they're going to say nice things about him. It's in everybody's interest from the reporters to the teammates to, you know, Oh, AJ green looks great. Oh, it looks sharp as ever. If you're like AJ green, he's old, he's slow. They're going to be like, who are you? Get out of here. Reporter who says negative things about our, one of our legends, right? You know, some, some young teammates, not going to say anything. Burrow's not going to say anything. The coach has only been around two years. He's not going to say anything negative. They're all going to act like everything's amazing. Oh, we're so psyched to have him back. He's going to be the game changer. We're going to go to him all the time. And it's just wishful thinking and it just makes them look good. And so it's all noise until he gets on the field. He's 32. Now he's had a lot of stuff. I'm betting against it. Hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, hopefully, well, not for fantasy purposes, but you know, you good guy like that. For human purposes, Chris, you're a human. Yes. Yes. For, yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm not a misanthrope, Jeff. Uh, so, you know, I obviously seems like a good person. I don't know him personally, but never been any kind of trouble at all. Um, you know, go nuts. But reality is that most of these guys were 32 receivers coming off multiple injuries they don't have a good year when they come back. It's it's usually over. It's true, um, and this is one where I pro and see I probably have yeah you you're easy. It's easier for you to look at him dispassionately. You know, like 
you know, you don't have any particular connection to him except if you've owned him in a fantasy league before. Yeah, he's burned me a couple times in fantasy. Yeah. You know, usually you go the he owes me route, but maybe that's just baseball. I don't know if you do that in football as much. Oh, I do it in football too. I, it just, he's, I mean, I've had some good seasons from, he never really like won the league for you because he, he's never really had the crazy monster Antonio Brown season or Julio Jones season, but he's had good years for me. He's also been a bust on my watch, but yeah, I'm pretty dispassionate. I don't have anything for or against AJ Green. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, I'm a card-carrying Bengals fan. Well, actually, I'm not card-carrying. I'm just a Bengals fan. Um, I've actually had some fandom waiver, but I've stuck with them. I'm one of a few on the West Coast, and I, I, I kind of have to separate that from my analysis here. The funny thing is, I don't have them yet. I've done about five or five to seven drafts that aren't best ball, and. Even in best ball, I don't think I've gotten him yet. I just I haven't gotten him at all. Yeah, well, good for you. You've uh, avoided him um, again. This is not like he's not like out. You know, we're not trying to say he's out for the year or anything happened really. But yeah, uh, it could be just, nothing at all. It could be just a little tweak and he's fine tomorrow. But that hasn't been the history. Yep, that's correct. Okay, uh, so then the other thing is they they lost. Uh, they had a key defensive player that they lost as well. Uh, early earlier on a pectoral muscle and uh, Wayne's uh, one of their big uh, off-season acquisitions. So that that kind of stinks uh, for them. But uh, you know we'll see. Uh, we'll see otherwise uh, what that does to them. But that's a, that's a starting corner that's gone for the time being. That talk about Trey Wayne's uh, he signed out of Minnesota. But they they let two long-standing corners go on this team in reliance on the two guys they signed in Wayne's and Alexander. So now they're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit there. Already testing that depth. It'll probably be Darius Phillips. Week one, they face the Chargers. Probably it helps either Williams or Keenan Allen. Yep. Again, I'm not really putting too much stock in the Chargers passing game until I see what it looks like. That's true. I mean, we think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball. Uh, We don't know how much he's going to throw the ball. He'll probably throw more downfield than Phillip Rivers, but I don't recall that being much of his game in Buffalo. He went deep to Sammy Watkins a lot. The, yeah, I guess so. Was, that was Watkins' really only great year as a pro. But the, the thing with him is that he just, you know, he doesn't throw a lot. I, I think he's going to be like the Bills if he plays, you know, to the extent he plays, you know, however long he plays. The Chargers have a good defense. They have a running QB. I think they're going to run. I think they're going to throw as rarely as possible, fewer than 500 attempts if it's Taylor. And even if it's Herbert, I mean, talking about a rookie that, may or may not be ready. So I don't, I think they're going to be among the bottom five or six teams in passing attempts. Yeah. And you have Allen lower than the pack. If I recall correctly, most people have them a little bit higher than you do. Maybe that's a good reason why. Well, yeah, the volume overall. And also Philip rivers was the guy who targeted Keenan Allen all over the place. And I'm just not sure that it's going to be the same. Right? Mike Williams was a, is a stud. He and is he's bigger and he's younger. And now he really is coming to his own as a receiver. He's per play numbers and big plays. Uh, you know, he, he could be the top receiver because we just don't know who's going to click with whom. And Rivers was there. Keenan Allen and Rivers were together long before Mike Williams was drafted. So, right. you know, they, they had the rapport and that was his guy. But it, it might still be the guy. Maybe Keenan Allen is just such a smooth route runner that any quarterback would pick Keenan Allen. But I don't know that. You have Keenan Allen at wide receiver 27 in PPR leagues. He's wide receiver 23 in the online championship since August 1st. Uh, 
Uh, so you're not way off, just a little off. And yeah. not off, you're just that a little yeah, lower. So I, I differ say. from that, yeah. You differ, I think is a better word. I'm trying to improve my nomenclature a little bit there. Meanwhile, you're well above on Mike Williams, which, you know, he's, Mike, you're 35, uh, the ADP on him is 52. Yeah, um, I mean, there's not that much difference between 35 and 49 for me, or the guy, you know, they're all guys I would take in the same general region. But I just think there's two guys there. I mean, Hunter Henry's a third, and I guess Eckler's the fourth. So, but I think those four guys are going to catch all of the passes for the Chargers pretty much. So it it's a pretty narrow tree, and I think they're going to not going to throw that much. But Henry gets hurt a lot. And I, and I also, I just don't think there's a clear top dog. That's the other thing is that, you know, Eckler may get 70 catches. Henry, to the extent he stays healthy, may get 75 catches, but it's because I'm less sold on Allen. I'm more open to Mike Williams being the top guy. That makes sense. I, 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 I think Mike, Mike Williams is really talented too. I mean, I just want to see a quarterback that can throw the deep ball to him and get it all the way there. I, I, how many times did we see like underthrown deep balls to him? Uh, way too many times. And you know he'd either make a spectacular catch or he'd be it'd be thrown in a double coverage and it would be short. You know it'd be it'd be really ugly. And you know I I think I don't know if Taylor or Herbert will be better, but it can't be much worse. No, it, it won't be worse than that shot put jump balls. But look, the third receiver on the Chargers is a guy named Joe Reed. He uh, was the uh, fifth-round pick this year. Right. He's the number three receiver, a fifth-round rookie. The fourth receiver on our depth chart is Jason Moore. He's a 25-year-old. He was an undrafted free agent a couple of years ago. They have no depth. So it's really just Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And then it's Hunter Henry, their backup tight end, Virgil Green, who's a blocker. And then their running back's Eckler, who catches a ton. But that's it. There's four guys. If the Chargers throw 480 times – those guys are going to get 450 healthy. If they're healthy, they'll get 450 of those targets. And if one of them gets hurt, you know, one of them could get 140 of the targets, 150 of the targets. True. So, and you know, and Eckler and, and Henry's targets are capped tight end and running back. Probably. Although Henry could get, could turn into Zach Ertz or something, but there, there is just, you know, it is, there's four guys, which seems like a lot, but that is it. And it's and there's not a clear pecking order to me that, that Williams couldn't be the number one guy. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, I've gotten Williams in a few leagues, and you know I use our draft tool, and I notice all of a sudden, okay, well I'm way above ADP. Oh yeah, it's because Chris is way above ADP on him. Okay, fine, no problem though. I believe in the skills. I I, I like what he can do, and it's kind of nice to be you know. I, I, I try not to look at ADP until afterwards sometimes. You know, every once in a while I'd like to know just in case I'm forgetting somebody or, you know, maybe I'm not like four rounds off on a guy. But in that case, wide re- he seems to be like a perfect wide receiver four for me. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's a good guy to have there. And, yeah. and he's I, easily I like gettable at that price. Yeah, he's, he's pretty cheap. I mean, you should know the ADP just that you could probably wait the extra round on him. Nobody seems to be big on him, but he might be one of those receivers to talk about this back in the Terrell Owens, Randy Moss days where Brady was just like this average 25 touchdown quarterback. Patriots won the Super Bowls on defense. 
And then Moss shows up in 2007 and he becomes a 50 touchdown quarterback. And then at a few years of 36 touchdowns, then he gets Gronk right after Moss. And we said, this is like a King making receiver, a receiver that turns like average quarterback into a star. Donovan McNabb was mostly a running quarterback with throw like 19 touchdowns a year. T.O. comes in, he throws like 30 touchdowns, seven picks, and you know, it was a borderline MVP. T.O. was a king-making receiver. He could turn a quarterback, an average passer. McNabb was good because he could run, but he was an average passer into a good passer because you had an unstoppable superstar receiver. And there's not many receivers like that. They could take an average quarterback and make him great. And I wonder whether Mike Williams could take Tyrod Taylor or I don't think Herbert probably is ready and be like, wow, this guy, Tyrod Taylor's having a good year. And it's because he has, you know, one of these receivers, these game changing receivers didn't work for rivers, but rivers just didn't have the arm. And, uh, you know, Keenan Allen's not too bad also to have, I mean, they have pretty good weapons. Those four guys, it's only four. Those are four pretty good targets in Eckler, Henry Williams and Allen. Yeah. I, I can see myself wanting to get, that's like a, a very attainable stack. Oh, totally. Totally. And you don't even have to get the quarterback. <laughs> That's the funny part. Uh, but well, you want the quarterback. If you, well, you don't actually, you don't because when it's a narrow tree, like a lot of quarterbacks like breeze or whoever, you know, he'll have Michael Thomas and he'll have Camara and he'll have Jared cook and maybe Sanders, but there'll be like a lot of junk production from like Josh Hill or, um, Taysom Hill or like, um, you know, Traquan Smith will get three touchdowns. You know, there'll be like all these random guys. The fullback will get some and breeze could get like 34 touchdowns, but like six of them will be to like eight of them will be to like non star, not even non usable players. And so you, you have to get the QB with that stack because you, the stack isn't good enough without the QB. But if you have a narrow tree where it's all within four guys, you actually don't want the QB because the QB is only good if he gets, you know, five more garbage. It's not only good, but it's the reason the QB is necessary at all is because he's getting everything those guys are getting and then some. But if there's nothing else that he's getting, you can just kind of get the guys. Now, it's not like Chargers passing game, something to be excited about, but it's, you know, their defense is too good and Taylor's too much of a running quarterback to those guys always have lower attempts. Right. I think the top two stacks are the Chiefs and the Cowboys. I think those are the two that you want the most. Now, Ravens are is pretty good. Very hard to put to get all all of them though. You know, you usually can only get two of them. How about you, the Ravens though? You get Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson, and Ingram and/or Dobbins. You get that's attainable. That that's yeah. that's right. That's doable too. Cowboys, I think. You know, I mean, if you get the early pick, <laughs> you get Zeke. Oh, you can easily get it. You can yeah. easily take. Cooper in the third, you get Zeke, a second round pick Cooper in the third, you get Gallup in the sixth. Well, you got to get Dak in the fifth Gallup in the sixth CD lamb in the seventh. And, and maybe you don't think you have to get CD lamb as and part get, of that. Yeah, of course. And then get Blake Jarwin in the 12th, 13th. Yeah. Could get, do get the it. whole thing. Could do it. And then they, already they don't Gerald get McCoy. shut down by somebody. They already got Gerald McCoy. They already lost Gerald McCoy. Maybe they'll, uh, but Jeff, you know what the real stack is, right? Oh, don't even start. Don't yeah, even start. First, Mixon in the first. I thought you were going right. to try to pull your Boyd giant stack six. on me here. Oh, the giant stack. Oh, come on, Barkley. You get Barkley, and then that's it. You don't need. But then it's easy. You get all those guys. Yeah, you could. 
you could, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I think, do you do that in a, uh, the question is, do you do all that in a best ball? Can you try to pull it off? Would you want to pull off a stack, maybe two or three people in a stand, like a online championship league? Yeah. You want to stack in an online championship, of course, because if those guys go nuts, you, know, you got an overall contest, especially if they go nuts in the playoffs, right? You can win the whole thing. So I, I think a good stack would be, well, looking at this, it, it, you know, you, you also could get an unusual stack where you can get a couple of first and second round picks. And then you, you know, your stack is third through seventh, you know, third or the highest pick is in the third round. Mm-hmm. And that way you, you still have like stars and you have a stack. Yeah. Where would you not want to stack? Um, I wouldn't want to stack the, uh, I mean, there's obvious teams, you know, no, I mean, what type of yes. game now, not teams. Yeah. I'm talking <laughs> what type of league contest would you not want to try to stack in? Uh, I wouldn't want to stack in a standard, you know, regular league that didn't have, um, an overall contest where six teams make the playoffs. I just, I just think you want to make the playoffs there and, and then, you know, have a chance. I don't think you want to be so all in on one team. Yeah. And and that, I think, and the other problem with, yeah, with the stack is if they're too good, you know, you have the week 15, week 16 problem too. Maybe they wind it down a little bit in week 16, you know, you know, you don't have to really, you know, week 17, you don't play in any real league. You know, you might have points like we do in the stake league, but that's about it. But you know, week 16, sometimes you see these teams get kind of watered down or shut it down. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you also like the cheap, you know, obviously like the chief stack is ideal, but yeah, you can't draft all those guys. Um, but you, you might want like a weird stack that goes kind of goes off, you know, like you could maybe, I mean, you could, you can definitely get like the Brown stack with, you could probably get them all right. You could probably get Chubb, Beckham, Hunt, Mayfield, Landry, pretty easy. That's an easy one to get. It's kind of an early, but the the problem with that is spending like a fourth or fifth round pick on Hunt. You know, there's a you gotta get get him in the fifth. You gotta get him in the fifth. Yeah, and you may not be able to get him there. You get Chubb in the second. Let's say you're picking late, like on the turn in the NFBC with third round reversal. You definitely get Chubb and Beckham at two and three, not definitely, but very likely. Yeah, you get Chubb and Beckham. First round pick, you get your own, you know, whatever pick you like. You can take a Devontae Adams, you can take a running back, whatever. And obviously Mayfield and Landry are totally gettable later. I think that's uh I would I wouldn't bother with Hooper with the tight ends. Right. Yeah. Bengals stack. You you gotta leave AJ Green out. Uh just because you gotta get him. Gotta get him. Gotta get him. But then that 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 yeah. You know. Judging from our earlier talk, maybe you want to get him. You don't want to get him. I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm just alluding to, but I don't know. All right. Let's uh, quit let's switch topics. But before we do that, a uh, quick note from our friends at FanDraft. Take your league's fantasy football, dribble, fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, Custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. 
FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display via projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league requirements. You can also sign up for a free trial at FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, make sure you use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com, and use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. All right, I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris List. We're talking about... uh, a lot, lot of different uh, issues uh, regarding the opening of training camp. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Bengals. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Tennessee Titans. Uh, a couple of things with them. Ryan Tannehill mispracticed on Monday. Uh, a little bit of a surprise there. Uh, still trying to find uh, if there's any any sort of uh, you know follow up on him. But uh, you know you don't usually get an off day on opening day of uh, padded practice. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's yeah, there's not great reporting these days either because of the COVID things and helping. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, assuming it's not that big a deal, but you never know. That's a stack, by the way, the Titans. Henry Tannehill, AJ Brown, John U. Smith. Yeah. That's an easy one. Very attainable. And yeah, yep. especially because the quarterback is so late. And the funny thing is, you know, and I get why people are a little skeptical about him. He had a pretty easy schedule when he came back. Not much of a, a, a track record. Didn't look that great in the playoffs, especially the first two games of the playoffs. I could see all that, but he was a top 10 quarterback for the time he was the starter for Tennessee. He led the NFL in yards per attempt. He also ran for four touchdowns in 12 games. I mean, there's a lot of upside. Look, he runs. He's got A.J. Brown, John U. Smith. The problem is Derrick Henry is going to take a lot of touchdowns, which just, you know, he, he actually had a lot of touchdowns anyway in his time, but Derrick Henry's just a machine at the goal line. So that's, that's a negative, but he's a guy with AJ Brown and John Smith. Corey Davis was the fifth overall pick. If he ever stay healthy and be useful, um, they've got good weapons and, and he runs. So it's a, it's a pretty good situation. They've got, you know, they, they play the Jaguars that are a soft team. They play the Colts that'll better defense now, but they'll could be, There'll probably be a slog against the Colts, actually. And then the Texans should, could be a shootout, too. So um, I I like Tannehill in the, you know, if I'm going to wait on quarterback. Yeah. Uh, note on Corey Davis, by the way. Uh, he was dealing with the toe and got removed from, uh, pu- from the pup list on Monday morning. Uh, so, you know, that's a guy we have not said a word about. You know, I, I, I can't remember so- mentioning him at all this summer. Yeah, because he was hurt and he's a disappointment and AJ Brown has so far eclipsed him that, and then Johnny Smith is the other interest guy and they're a low volume offense. They, they run heavy. So there's so many reasons that Corey Davis is hard to see the, the upside for him, but he was the fifth overall pick. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still young enough to make an impact, but it's, he's, he's behind now. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, he could be one of those post, post, post type sleepers. Who knows? But uh, I'm not not huge on him either. Um, another guy haven't spoken a lot about at all. We've been talking about all these rookie wide receivers, but one guy, I again, I I, I think we probably mentioned him once or twice, but not much beyond that is Van Jefferson. Uh, Drafted in the second round, Chris. This isn't like a fifth or sixth round wide receiver. This is a second round guy. 
And I know he was dealing with some injuries, you know, coming out of, out of the draft and all summer long. And that that's one of the things that kind of make, makes things. He was dealing with the Jones fracture, same thing that Debo Samuel has. Uh, but seems like he's healthy now. He drew rave reviews uh, so far in uh, early in training camp. Uh, you know, Sean McVay noted that his separation skills, his body control. Uh, these are things that, you know, and he, he's got his father was an NFL player. Uh, now the wide receivers coach with the Jets. So he's got the, you know, he's got the pedigree. He's got a draft pick pedigree. He's got to fight Josh Reynolds for the number three guy and in, in with the Rams. I mean, that might be the tough part is, you know, can he get enough targets? Last year, the Rams, though, did throw over 600 times. Yeah, I mean, Cup and Woods are going to get a lot of targets, and they may go 12 more with Everett and Higby, and got a couple of running backs that can catch passes. I don't know. He was a second-round pick. You're right. Josh Reynolds is nothing special at all. So he could be the third receiver. He's a bit old. He's 24 as a rookie. Yeah. So he's, like, older than, like, Juju Smith-Schuster or something. I don't know. I want to look what he He's born uh, Van Jefferson, 726-96. I want to see if Smith-Schuster is still younger than him. He was so young when he came in the league. But like, you know, that's, that's a mark against him. That's, you know, it's like, just like baseball where the guy's at triple, he's crushing triple a, but he's 27. Yeah. 11, 22, 96. So he and Smith Schuster about the same age. He's a little older than Smith Schuster this year. Yeah. Smith Schuster came in the league in 2017. So that's, you know, that's why he's probably just a middling prospect, but you're right. He was a second round pick. Yeah. I, I probably won't draft him, but yeah. Better off at like. I kind of think it's like one of those third or fourth round darts in dynasty leagues, you know, where people kind of have forgotten about him. So maybe you take your chance there. I think that might be the way to go with that uh, because I don't think he'll do a whole lot this year. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's one injury away from, you know, being on the field and, you know, 11 sets and the, you know, the Rams run a lot of 11, you know, that could be maybe, maybe they stop doing that. Who knows? But if they don't, then he could find his way onto the field and it wouldn't take a whole lot from there. But uh, I think I like him better next year. I think he's going to be, get, be one of those second year forgotten guys. Yeah, but that's not good. That means nothing happened your rookie year. Right, <laughs> it, means right. it means there's a chance, but you know, you're yeah, that's right. Um, he's next okay. year. He's next year's Andy Isabella. Aye. Well, that that's, that's the, that's not even faint praise. That's like, Supreme criticism, but who knows? Yeah. Well, Isabella looks good in camp. He's getting praise. Yeah, great. Uh, you're getting praise sometimes for that. Yeah. But uh, all right, before we uh, finish up, one more note uh, from our friends at Underdog. Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is the fun part, draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the Best Ball Mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. That is Underdog Fantasy. A couple other notes before we sign off here today. Uh, We we mentioned uh, the Van Jefferson note. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was, is dealing with a hamstring himself. Uh, expected to, he's missed two practices. Expected to return to practice soon. Eh, I think you said you moved him below Devon A. Adams for this, or maybe below T- Tyreek Hill. Not yet, Hill, but I might. Godwin, I have uh, fourth actually, but 
I might, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I, I wouldn't blow Adams. He could have been below Adams anyway. I, I mean, I thought a healthy Hopkins would get like 165 ca- ca- uh, targets in this crazy offense where they're going to be fast paced and Murray's in year two and clear number one. But it always makes me nervous when a guy who's been around a while gets even a minor tweak. It's not as bad as AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, but it's, you know, still something to think about. Yeah. Earlier we had a report uh, at a Raiders camp that uh, they might put uh, Brian Edwards in the slot. Uh, however, today there's a note from Tashawn Reed of The Athletic that believes that Renfro will still be the guy that's in the slot when they're running their offense. And I, honestly, that makes sense to me. He was that guy last year. He made that connection with Carr. I don't see why it would totally go away. It's annoying. I moved him down. I should probably move him up. It's just like make up your minds, beat writer. Stop just saying stuff. And I mean, just yeah. like he was their slot guy. They're saying they're going to start rugs in the slot initially. Now right. Edwards. I mean, rugs and Edwards seem like outside guys, guys that can win outside. Renfro seems a guy who's like quick and not very fast and not very big. And he's going to win in the slot. I mean, it just makes sense. And then Tyrell Williams is just a guy. I mean, to me, he's just, he's skilled. He's big and fast, but he's just never commanded the targets, even when there wasn't a lot of other options like last year. So I just think he's just going to be around, but he's more of just like a deep threat. But Ruggs and Edwards look like, you know, they, these guys might be there for a while. And then Renfro is like this, you know, the Jameson Crowder of the team. Yeah. Renfro is a guy who's pretty freely available right now. Uh, he, I know you actually ten, before you moved him down, you were a little bit ahead of the pack. He's wider receiver 68 since August 1st in the online championship. That's actually one below Antonio Brown, who we, we know will have an eight game suspension if, and when he ever signs, uh, below Paris Campbell, below Randall Cobb, ahead uh, of Chenault, uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Steven Sims. Yeah. I just moved him up uh, a few spots for Enfro. I had him at 66, which is about what the market had him, but. Now that I'm realizing I liked him better than that. He finished with 200 yard games and a touchdown in each. Um, and you know, that's the returning guy who knows car and they have a rapport and it's kind of like, okay, so some beat writers say he's not going to basically start in three wide receiver sets or two wide receiver sets. And okay. So I moved him down and what are you going to do? If they say that Brian Edwards and, and rugs are ahead of him, then I'm moving him down. But now it's, Oh, sorry. We, you know, that's actually not right. Maybe he is the starter still. So, I'm moving him back up a little bit. Good. I think that, that, that merits it. Guys that are also above him, Randall Cobb, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Nikhil Harry, Michael Pittman. I could see him being better than all those guys. Yeah. Michael Pittman and Curtis Samuel. I don't, you know, those guys seem far fetched to me, especially Curtis Samuel. I mean, they just paid Robbie Anderson a bit. You got McCaffrey, you got DJ Moore. Where's Curtis Samuel who had a chance last year and didn't do it. Did he though? I mean, it was such bad quarterbacking last year by the Panthers. I can't all blame that all on Samuel. Well, then why was DJ Moore just fine? Eh, Good question. Maybe the type of patterns. Maybe you know Moore was the target hog in you know shorter to intermediate routes, and they sent Samuel on longer routes, which are harder to connect. I want to look at his A dot. I don't think it was that far, but I'll look. His A dot was, uh, you're right, 14.3 yards. He's pretty far down the field. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big A dot. Yeah. He used to catch a lot more short ones, but he also dropped seven passes on 105 targets. And he didn't haul in a lot of these deeper passes. He only had eight catches of 20 more yards. He had a, but he was 
he was going deeper down the field. He's fast. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's someone on the bad QB play and the dink and dunk was the only thing they could do. Well, DJ Moore um, wasn't great, but 8.7 yards per target is still solid. Yeah. Only three drops in a, in 135 targets. Kyle Allen was really bad too. Uh, especially on those routes. I, I remember, you know, I, you know, I, I, I do my thing where I watch the replays of games and take notes, you know, and I just, I, cause you know, when you're watching the games on, on Sunday, you can't watch them all at once. Right. Uh, you, you, you miss plays and you know, you miss like, Oh, well this is, they could have connected. He was wide open on this and he just underthrew him or something like that. And I seem to remember there are games like that with the uh, Panthers that happened multiple times where it's just such bad quarterbacking play. Yeah. A few huge plays where you're open and they hit you three, 40 yard, 50 yard touchdowns. That changes those average numbers quite a bit too. Yeah, that's, that's right. And so I'm, I'm always a little bit, uh, you know, I, I always want to kind of make sure that I didn't miss anything with that. Don't want to blame it on the receiver, but you know, they also added Robbie Anderson who get who does those routes. And so that's kind of taken away from Samuel's bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's not suited to run those. He's small I mean, he's very mm-hmm. fast, but maybe they want to try to get him in space and make a move and go. I don't know. They've got Anderson and him. They got DJ Moore is also pretty fast. It's not like he's right. A slow possession receiver. And then McCaffrey's fast too. I mean, they've got really good weapons. I just not really confident. Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see. I mean, they paid up for him. You wonder like you know, Cam was there. Dalton was there. And you know, the bears paid up for Foles for God knows what reason, but was it really, was that really the best choice? Maybe they know something we don't, maybe they saw something we don't. Yeah, we'll maybe see. so. Something to investigate as we go deeper into draft season here. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today's, uh, in a Rotowire NFL podcast. We want to thank dynasty owner for their sponsorship as well as our other sponsors. Uh, thank you for listening. Please subscribe rate and review. We got uh, Jake and Joe back again tomorrow, so please tune in for that. And uh, we'll, I'll have a guest to be named later on Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thanks again for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great day. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.